This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. Welcome to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. This podcast is a manifestation of our interconnected lives, and we wish to keep it free at all costs, if you can say that. So, we are dependent on the generosity of you, our listeners. So, please go to mindpodnetwork.com kd, and either use the donate button, or just bookmark the Amazon portal. We receive a small percentage of however much you pay for whatever you bought, nothing extra for you, but a tangible contribution, if small, for us. You could also sign up for a free trial with the voluminous audible.com. We get something out of that, too. We thank you for the support and allowing us to continue presenting Krishnadas's excellent talks. So, it's not possible to be um, beating ourselves up when we're singing Hare Krishna. I mean, you could probably find something to hit yourself with at the same time, but it wouldn't be the same. So there's this quality of, of refuge, taking refuge in the name. This is when we sing, we're, we're quitting all other kinds of behavior, all the type of actions, all kinds of self-abuse, hurting other people, creating situations for getting more stuff we want and getting rid of other stuff. When we're singing or doing the practice, at that moment, we dedicate ourselves to doing that practice. Everything else becomes secondary at that, during that period. And that's why we always have the option to let go. When we're in that sacred space of doing practice, anything that comes in, you just, now you go. You've come, good, now you go. Oh, now you come, you go. You don't have to kill it. 
You don't have to push it away. You just allow it to come. You see it come. Okay, now I'm thinking this. Now go. And you come back to the, the repetition of the name. This is taking refuge in the name. And this is something that gets stronger and stronger as time goes on. Especially for, for you, I'm talking to you now. When you get involved in that obsessive hating of yourself, just say, okay, I'm going to do 108 Hare Krishnas right now and then see what happens. Just do something to break that flow. Not, not heavy and not like with a lot of brrr, but just say, okay, I'm, I'm doing this now. Let me do this now for a while. So just add something else to it. Because when you're doing a practice, you're not creating any other karmas at that moment. You're planting the seeds of wholesome, good feelings. And even if you're feeling bad at that time, the fact that you're mobilizing your inner forces, your inner strength, to pay attention to something other than what you're feeling, that's a very big thing. That's a huge accomplishment that nobody else in the world is dealing with. Everybody's just farting along the way they go and not paying any attention. So when we're doing a practice, even if we're feeling bad or we're overcome with depression or stuff like that, we just keep doing the practice. Like I said to Ramdas, I feel like a dried pipe sometimes. He said, who cares? Why do you care? Perfect. Why do I care? I don't give a fuck. So I think like that. Who cares? My own feelings, our own feelings actually get much less important to us. Because thinking about that, like, why do I feel like this? I feel like this. That's just more yap, 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 ego stuff. So it, your, own, your own stuff becomes very boring after a while. And you okay, enough, go away. You become less identified with it, less attached to it. But that's something that grows through cultivating sacred space, practice space, quiet time, when you allow the stuff to go. Up. Did you raise your hand, sir? <laughs> you can't raise your hand with your hat on. Get the microphone. I want to hear what he has to say. I was like, is it okay to turn the um, chanting on while you sleep? And Why not? So sometimes I can stand it, sometimes I don't. But, mm -hmm. uh, but, <laughs> but when I wake up, the days, nights I can... When I wake up, I hear the music. Mm -hmm. And is there a value in it? Or Does it make you feel better? Um, no, but an interruption of the bad dream, if I am switching. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hurt to have it going all the time. I have a friend in LA who's, who's got all these pujas going on, recorded in one room all the time. Like, you come in the house, he's watching TV, and the pujas are going on in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it can't hurt. Keep it going all the time. Keep it going. And inside, too. All day long, you should be doing some mantra. All day long. Okay. Whenever you think of it, do it. Right? Okay. At the moment you think, okay, I'll do that. Do it. Don't just think about doing it and then go back to feeling bad. Do it. Until you forget it. Then you're, you're, you know, then you're feeling bad again. Then as soon as you remember, plug it back in. Do some mantra. Again. Okay? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny that that's the song you picked to sing because I've been here since Friday 
and you sang the Hare Krishna waltz on Friday, and I'm like, oh, I love it when you do that. And then we heard it again, and we heard it again, and we heard it again. We heard it from Jai Uttal, and we heard it from... Jai Uttal sang the Krishna waltz? I know, but Krishna, Hare, the Maha Mantra. Oh, Maha Mantra. So we heard Maha Mantra, we heard Maha Mantra, mm-hmm. we heard Maha Mantra. It's all Maha Mantra. <laughs> Maybe Ma- it is, but Maha, I don't... Maha Mantra means great mantra. And, right. And, it replies to any name of God is the Maha Mantra. Right, but I'm Except still a Except to those particular sects that claim that yeah. one mantra is better than another. Well, I'm a, I'm a toddler in the chanting world. Yeah. And um, I was that like... That means you're ahead of me. <laughs> well, okay, maybe, I, I don't know. But, so I'm like, I mean, the other night when you were singing and you sang Hare Krishna, I'm like, I feel like walking out. I've done enough Hare Krishna. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, somebody's goofing with me. I'm like, okay, let's chant a little Ram Ram Ram. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll stay because this is like the thing I love the best is to be chanting with you. Except when I sing what you don't want me to sing. Well, exactly. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I said, I'll just sit here and I'll just be here. I don't have to chant. I can just be here. Torture yourself, yes. Well, I don't know what it was. And then you sang the Hanuman Chalisa. And I'm like, okay, all right. You know, Maharaji, what are you doing to me? <laughs> so that's my observation. It's my experience. Um, that's why, you know, when I was in India, we, we used to, uh, Maharaji asked us to, asked us to, ordered us to sing, uh, you know, uh, all day long. We sang just hours and hours, many, many, many hours every day. Eventually you get through that stuff. That's just your own value to judgmental mind that we call bullshit in Hindi <laughs> and uh, eventually if you sing long enough you'll actually be able to let go of that it won't bother you um, likes and did, you know the great the third patriarch said the great way is not difficult for is, those, is, is not difficult not difficult for those with no preferences but the other part of it is not when you were singing it, but when other people were singing it, the volume was like so loud. Mm. And it's just like, this hurts. It physically uh-huh. hurts to listen to it loud. So fortunately, I had earplugs. And That's I put good. them in, and I could mm. still hear it. But, That's good. But, so it's, it's bringing up a lot of stuff. It's very interesting for me. So. You know that, you know, <laughs> you're running and you're running and you're running away. You're running and running and but you can't run away from yourself. Bob Marley. Well, yeah, so that's the idea of doing mantra and doing practice long enough. These are just little hits we're doing here. We should actually do this for 24 hours and then something might happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, something happens, but when you do, but the longer you do it, the more opportunity you have to face the stuff that comes up. Normally in daily life, the minute something unpleasant comes up, we find a way around it. We don't deal with it. We change the channel. And, you know, that's okay for a while, but when your hands stop working, you can't hit the button anymore. And there are, there are times when you get into a place where you just can't change the channel. And then what do you do? You suffer. So this practice takes you through those places when you're, 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 you're trying to change the channel, trying to change the channel, and you can't. It shows you, it teaches you, it gives you the direct personal experience that whatever it is that you're thinking and feeling 
can be let go of. You don't have to be afraid of yourself. You don't have to be afraid of yourself. How can you go through life afraid of yourself? We do, though. We do. There are places we don't want to go. We're afraid. And so we learn how to navigate through life in very narrow little framework. We only hang out with the people who don't push our buttons. We only, we only go to places that make us feel good. And we think that's living, but that's living in fear. And what we're afraid of is just what she's brought up. Emotions or feelings that we don't like. And we can't move them, we can't get rid of them, we can't push them away. That's why it's great to do a practice, go on retreat, involve, really do some intense practice because you will go through those places that you never thought you could get through because you're in those situations you have to sit you know, for an hour, for instance, and you're not going to get up. So whatever you're burning with, you're going to burn with for that hour and after a while you start to find a way to release it and then you never have to be afraid again until the next time you're afraid. And then you remember, wait, I dealt with this, or I know how to deal with this kind of stuff. And it gets easier to, to go through life. Because, you, I, I'm sorry, but if nobody told you, but we're all going to face death ourselves, personally. Each one of us, alone. And in those moments, we have no support except the practice that we've done when we could. It'll be a little late to start doing practice when you're on your way out, you know. Oh, wait a minute, I meant to do a little... <laughs> so now is the time to start cultivating and training ourselves. Life is a school for learning how to die. And learning how to live. In a good way. And then you. I just say two things. Oh. No, one thing. Oh. So they gave. I didn't pick you. Oh, I was already talking. Yeah, but I, you stopped. Okay. <laughs> I used to the mic. I, I want you to stew in it yourself oh. until you let it go. What? Go ahead. My armband says "Fear nothing." That's what Omega gave me. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm afraid of nothing myself. <laughs> and so I cling to my illusion of self. Cling to the illusion of something. Nothing's scary. That's like nobody for president. You're kind of touching on this already, but um, I noticed that for me, I'm very drawn to Hanuman, and I'm facing a lot of fears. I notice the more that I chant, the more I'm experiencing fear in life. And even sometimes while I'm chanting, I'm experiencing a lot of fear. Um, sometimes it just gets so intense, I feel like I'm going to explode. And I look at Hanuman sometimes and I wonder, I mean, I think of him as having great hero traits. And yes, he is a, a great example of devotion. But how, he literally moved mountains. How did he find the courage to do that? And how can I find that within myself so that I can live my life more fully? Hmm. Hanuman never thought he was doing anything. He knew, he knew and experienced that uh, well, the way he says it, that Ram is the doer. He made the effort 
but it was all by Rams. Uh, but even it's hard to talk about this stuff, especially when you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Hanuman had extraordinary, as a being of extraordinary energy, strength, and it's always in the service of the good, in the service of love, in the service of uh, purity of heart. Everything he does is to remove negativity. Everything that happens is negativity. So what we need to find within us is that inner strength to turn towards the love within us, to turn towards our true nature. And in doing so, turn away from our negative identifications and our programming. And Hanuman is the power to do that. It's not something outside of us. When, when Ram says, Hanuman, how did you do all that? He says, what are you talking about? It was all by your grace that it got done. I was just a puppet. And that's what he sees. Though. You see, we see ourselves. We see this. We look around and we see this. And this looks like what we see all the time. This is real. This is our world. But these great beings see deeper into this. One time when I was in Kenchi, in the temple, I was, it was on Bandara Day, a day when there was a big celebration and tens of thousands of people came from all over India to have a meal and then go back home. <clears throat> the main road was closed. There was no traffic going by. It was all closed down, no buses, nothing. People were walking from the nearest town, and it was, you know. And I was standing in the back of the temple and looking out over the scene, and my mind kind of opened up, right? And I saw that all these people thought, hey, let's go to that Bandara. Why don't you say, yeah, we can get that bus, and then we'll catch the train, and then get that other bus and then we can get there and then we'll have our meal. We can probably get home by such and such time. Or Each person thought they were doing it. Right? Like we think, I'm doing this. I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to buy some donuts. I'm going to go into my closet and nobody will see me eat them. <laughs> that kind of stuff. So, Entenmann's chocolate covered the best. <laughs> If you put them in the refrigerator, you know, and they're cold, then you dunk them in hot tea. Unbelievable. <laughs> but you got to take your diabetes medicine first. <laughs> so I was standing out looking at the scene, and I saw how each person, each person's experience, their own experience, like, okay, we'll do this, we'll go, you know, do this, it'll be great, blah, blah, blah. And then I saw, uh, this is, this is, I can't explain this to you, and the only reason I'm telling you this is to kind of illustrate what happens when uh, you see through maybe a little bit of the, the veil of appearances that we call daily life, right? So as I was looking out over the scene, I saw that each person thought this, I'm going to do this, I'll do that. But really, Maharaji was dragging them from there, out of their houses, 
pushing the food in their mouths and then dragging them home. It was, I can't even, my whole brain just fried. I can't tell you. It was, and I can't prove it to you either. So, but the point was that, I don't remember what the point was. I just, my brain just got fried again. Well, I, I noticed that I'm really having a difficult time not seeing myself as the doer. It's well, you're not the guru. Your ego's not the guru. The guru's who you are inside. Doer. The doer. Oh, the doer. doer. Same, yeah. same difference. Yeah. You're not the doer either. So there you go. Yeah, but that's not something you see here. Mm -hmm. It's something that opens up for your understanding as you keep processing your programming, you know, and letting go of your programming. And part of letting go of your programming is kind of um, not hating it, you know, not feeling it's a bad thing, I fucked up, I feel this way, this is terrible, I'm a bad person. That's programming on top of the programming, you know. So in Buddhism they call it proliferation of thoughts. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Buddhism's so cute. I like it. <laughs> so you've got the first thing, which is the fear. Okay, that's enough. But no. <laughs> Let's throw in a lot of self-loathing on top of the fear, and then self-abuse on top of the self-loathing, and then you don't even know what to do, right? Yeah, it's true. I don't. So I, I just, <laughs> I'm just kind of stuck, so you know. At this. the beginning, whatever you're experiencing, you come back to the chanting. You, don't, you can't push it away. You push it away. It sticks to you. You hold on to it. It, it, it runs away. So you just simply let, it, let go of the fascination with it for a minute and just chant. And it'll pull you back. Let go again. Every time you let go is a fucking miracle. You don't understand <laughs> that we ever let go of anything. is unbelievable. So that's all you have to do. And then go out and live your day. It doesn't matter. Just do your practice, give it your 100%, and then go live the day. Don't, walk, don't mope around with the, I didn't do so good. I'm still afraid. Oh, blah, 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 blah. You know, at least while you're doing your practice, just let go. Notice it. And then all this stuff about, I'm, I can't let go, I can't let go, why can't I let go? Now, who is this talking? I can't do this, I can't do that. It just goes on and on. Just come back. Don't try to understand it. Just come back again. Like, even, every, the moment you see you're stuck in it, you're actually not stuck in it at that moment. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to see that you're stuck in it. I'm stuck in it. That's different than being completely absorbed in it. You're saying, I'm stuck with it. There's already some separation there. Come back to the chant over and over again, over and over again. Every time is a miracle, every single time. So, okay. thank you. Don't be in a hurry. There's no hurry. There's nowhere to go. So, just, just commit to being there with it. You know, and saying, if look, if you had to live the rest of your life just like this, how bad would it be, really? Right? Uh oh. You get through the day. <laughs> hey, you're not a baby. You got this far, mm -hmm. right? If it had to be like this, you could live with it, right? Yeah. So. I have all of my life, really, when I think about it. Yeah. Exactly. So maybe it won't always be so intense, but for that, let go. Over and over and over and over. But what do they say if... Uh, I don't remember. 
they say things. What, that that doesn't kill you or something like that? Or something like that. that. There's a Jewish yeah. thing. Oh, if we should have been in Jerusalem or something like that. But it won't be so bad. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> there is actually a, a, an iPhone app called Old Jews Telling Jokes. I can't tell you. It's unbelievable. And cheap, too. <laughs> but really, if we're here today, involved in this practice here today, we got, our, we got ourselves here, how bad is it really, right? We've got this far with almost, you know, and now we're here, we're learning more about ourselves, we're doing more, we're understanding more, looking, looking that promise of, of, of joy, the, prom, the understanding that what's in there is okay. We just have to uncover it. The more we understand that, the easier it gets. It's a really um, important thing a really big thing, a really humongous thing, to look at your life and say, all right, if this is what it's going to be, fine, I'll deal with it. That's a really big thing. Because that means whatever, I'm here. And you're no longer afraid that some big wave's going to come and take you away. The waves have come, right? And we're still here. How, how bad could that be? But we live in fear of that, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. When I, and I, you know, when I started chanting with people in 1994, after uh, about, about eight months, eight or nine months, I quit. I gave up. I quit. No more chanting. I'm out of here. This, I'm not going to do this. I had my reasons, I thought. And... Uh, Basically, I just felt I wasn't, uh, I wasn't uh, pure enough and that I was going to use the situation. I, I could see what was happening. I could see it all, all of this. I saw it then, and I said, I'm just going to use this to feed myself, to feed my hungry desires for fame, for sex, for power, for money. I'm going to use all this that's happening to feed myself. And I was sick, right? It really made me, uh, disgusted me. And I said to my heart, this is not, I'm not doing this for this. I'm doing this, I want to sing to you. I want to sing to that place in my heart. I want to find that place again. Because I had, I felt I had lost my connection. So this was my way of trying to come back into that. And here I was, I was going to be prevented from finding my heart by my own desires. They were going to prevent me from doing what I had to do to save my own ass. How miserable is that, right? And really, I was destroyed. And I, I just said, I'm out of here, I'm not doing this. And I went to India, and I was talking to Maharaji inside, and I said, you know, you got to fix this. That's all there is to it. If you fix it, if you don't fix it, I'm not singing, and that's all there is to it. Every day I wake up and look at myself, and I go, you haven't fixed this. What's going on? And this went on for months. I was in India for three months. Oh, 
And it's a long, long story. And I think I wrote it, most of it in the book. But there was, I was due to leave India in just a few days. And it was, uh, the 15th of June was coming. And that's the day of the Bandar that I just told you about when I was looking out over the, the temple. And um, every night I go to the back of the temple where there was no, light because now there's lights all over the place but when i lived there there was no lights in the valley just a couple of little electricity you know a little bulb in the front of the temple so you could lie down and you saw the whole the himalayan sky and the stars and the shooting stars go like this it was amazing you go so i would sneak i would go to the back of the temple and i'd find this one little spot if i stood like this you know there was no light and i could see this guy and i would say to him What's the deal? You know, you haven't done anything yet. And every night I come there, I say, you know, what's wrong? What are you doing? Fix this. Good night. <laughs> you know? And day after day, nothing would happen. And I was, I, I was in tremendous despair. Because I didn't want to, I would not accept me the way I was. The way I was, I am not going to do this this way. There's just no fucking way I'm going to do this, period. Good night. Every day, and I would go to him and I'd say, you know, you haven't fixed this. Well, the night before the Pandar, I went out there and I said, well, what are you doing, you know? I know you can do this. Why don't you do this? I can't make you if you don't want to. All right, I'll go back. I'll deal with it. How bad could it be? Good night. Now, that moment changed my life. That's the moment when I said, okay, this is it. This is what I got to deal with. This is me. I'll deal with it. That was all that was required. And everything changed. Right? Because I was, I surrendered. I didn't know I was surrendering. I just fucking gave up. <laughs> but I, that was a moment of surrender where I accepted myself the way I am. And I no longer needed it to be a certain way in order for me to do something, blah, 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 blah. This is it. Okay, this is what I got. Fine. How bad could it be? Well, so far it hasn't been that bad. So that's part of learning how to love ourselves and accept ourselves as we are with all our yucky, ugly, miserable, nasty stuff. We all have that stuff, but we hide that stuff. We don't even want to see it ourselves. But if we don't look at it, it ain't going to go away. I remember one time I, earlier than this, uh, I was going to a, a therapist. And um, I remember the first time I said some like really nasty secret, right? I just kind of said it like, no, no, no. And nothing happened. The walls of the office didn't come in on me. The sky didn't open and thunderbolt strike me. She didn't even, like, notice, right? 
I, and I, but I noticed that she didn't notice, right? So I reached in and I took out a bigger one. And I threw that up in the air. And she didn't notice. Meaning she didn't judge me. She didn't have any reaction, like throw me out of the office for being, you know, unfixable. You know? So I started dragging that shit out of the closet, you know, and getting, yeah, and then I did this, and I feel like this, and that, and yeah. And that was an amazing experience, not to, because I just, I don't know, I grew up feeling very judged. And I judged myself very harshly. A friend of mine who was in astrology once said, you were parented very harshly, so you parent yourself very harshly. And I thought, right. And I didn't clean up my apartment for about a month after that. <laughs> Fuck it, I ain't cleaning up. Deal with that. <laughs> so we just carry on the way we were trained, you know. But once we start to turn and look within and realize that we can deal with anything, but that you, ha you have to have that experience, and you will, but you just have to create the circumstances for that experience to arise, which means for you, paying attention and doing, doing, some doing some more intense practice, all of us, and going through those places. When Maharaji had us singing all day, it was torture. Do you think it was like bliss? La, 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 la. Oh, man. It was torture. It was like nails on a blackboard. It was just like being dragged through the coals. It was so horrible most of the time. And then you let go. Oh, wow. You know, it's, but in order for, to reach those places, you have to do some longer. So I think actually we're talking about doing some retreats where we do some longer chanting, like one chant for like eight hours, you know, you can lay down, take it. We're going to figure something out in the next period of time. Because you have, to, you, have to do, you have to go through those places yourself. You can't watch other people go through it, and you can't think about it. You have to create the circumstances for that, to go through that yourself. You have to submit yourself to the training. And otherwise, you don't go through that. You don't get the, the experience. So... If you promise. Okay. <laughs> um, for me, that's very much looking at the fears as they come up. I have a terrible fear of escalators and elevators, and it's gotten much worse uh, for the past couple of years, to the point where I'll be on an elevator by myself, and if it doesn't open up right away when it gets to the floor, I'll start banging on the walls. I mean, I'm really that terrified. And it's been hard for me to shift out of the feeling of predicament. I'm in a predicament now. Mm -hmm. And now I really would like to, out of this conversation, what I'm hearing is that I can actually see this not as a predicament, but as an opportunity. And that I can already feel a shift happening mm -hmm. in my gut just from looking at it from that perspective. Okay, but don't get too... Um proud of it being an opportunity, okay? Because mm -hmm. you'll suffer anyway. It's going to be hard. Yeah. But it's, it, it's a practice. See it as practice. You know, sometimes you know, it feels good, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. The point is going through it, not how it's working out. Mm -hmm. You know, things don't go away all of a sudden, but you live through it. 
That's the main thing. You live through it. So, and then they just, the, the, the volume of things tend to go down at, as you live through them over and over, consciously, not just, but, you know, consciously paying attention as much as you can. Thank you for listening to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. We really appreciate your support and hope you'll continue that support by going to mindpodnetwork.com kd and clicking on the donate button or using our amazon.com portal for all of your purchases. Thank you. Namaste. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BeHereNow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BeHereNow.